What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday. Today is Premier League Wednesday. Hopefully you guys having a nice week so far. On today's podcast, we'll take a look at the Premier League. What's going on right now in the news? We'll talk about why the Premier League is transitioning into a bigger market. On yesterday's podcast, we talked about the difference between major markets, minor markets, big markets, small markets, and actually the Premier League, the last couple of years, is shifting into a major market in the United States. So we'll talk about that. Like I said, some other Premier League news and uh, take a look at the current standings to wrap things up on today's pod. So all that and more on today's show. Special thanks to Better Edge online, betteredge.com. A uh, great new place for everyone out there to start making your sports bets. And while they may not offer the Premier League quite yet, they will, I'm sure, sometime in the near future because they're making so many updates all the time. It's really unique. It's really cool. Better Edge, here's what they're all about. Better Edge is, like I said, the new place to make sports bets, but they're not necessarily a sports book. The reason they're not a sports book is because they don't have the rules sports books typically have, the main one being that VIG, right? The minus 110, that, that little house tax that's so hard to beat. And everyone listening, I understand, most people listening aren't professional bettors. You guys all want to get a little piece here, a little piece there, learn a little bit more every day about sports betting. I understand that. But the great thing about Better Edge is you don't have to be a professional to now expect to make money or at least break even every month. See, when you're betting VIG free, essentially mathematically, that means you're betting risk free. So take all the risk away, bet for the next 50 years, and expect to lose $0.00. And I'm going to spend 10 more seconds on that because you may say, what are you talking about? Expect to lose $0.00. When you're sitting and and when you're betting VIG free, that's the exact same thing as flipping a quarter. And when it hits heads, you pay me a dollar. When it hits tails, I pay you a dollar, right? What's what's the expected outcome over the course of 50 years? We're going to have probably the same amount of money because there's no edge, right? There is no tax. There is no fee to play the game. So it's the same thing with Better Edge. Literally, when you bet online at Better Edge, it's flipping quarters where you're paying a dollar each way. It's risk-free. Check them out today, Better Edge online, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, and use promo code SHARP to get 10 free dollars in your account. That's betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, promo code SHARP. All right, on today's podcast, like I said, we'll take a look around the Premier League and some news, what's been going on recently. And I actually want to start off with the idea that the Premier League is growing into a bigger market. Because yesterday, like I said, on yesterday's show, we went over big markets, small markets, because my philosophy as a winning sports better and the, the, the smartest thing, the most a useful piece of information that I can give anybody out there is to start betting in the smaller markets. If you really want to make money and and identify what you want to do in sports betting. If you just want to take a little bit of money every month out of your paycheck, bet on your favorite teams, watch some games, that's great. You know, I have no problem with that, but just know going in that you're not really expected to make money over the long run, right? If you are looking to make money, whether it's a full-time job or you just want to make a couple extra bucks a month, the first thing everyone should do is, well, besides signing up a better edge, obviously, is looking for smaller markets. And if you want to find how to identify small markets, go listen to yesterday's show. We go in depth on uh, within sports, not just sport to sport, but within sports, how to find major and, and minor markets. Well, the thing about the Premier League, when I started doing this professionally, okay, when I started doing this 
the Premier League presented all kinds of opportunities because it was an extremely soft market. Not that many people in the United States bet the Premier League. Well, what's happened is uh, two things. First of all, sports betting is just becoming legal. So there's more and more and more people who are eligible to make bets that weren't before. So there's more money being placed on it. And the second thing, and I strongly believe that COVID had a big deal to do with all this, when COVID canceled a lot of sports last year and basketball went away, football went away, what happened? A lot of people who are just degenerates or love betting, right? They started betting on things like ping pong, uh, other other soccer leagues who weren't canceled, like you know Turks and Caicos, things like that. Bar, you know, uh, you know these little areas that still played soccer and you know ping pong. Like I said, all these bizarre sports. So I think the people just got more used to betting anything that was on. Now, maybe I'm wrong with the whole COVID thing and betting soccer, but I think it's at least a part of why soccer is so so much more popular today in America than it was even three or four years ago. And so I think it's those two things. There's more people in general, right? There's a bigger pool of people betting and people are more willing to bet soccer and things like that because COVID opened them up to the possibility of betting all these different sports that they never watched before. And people love action. You know, people love when they have action out there. And so... You know, that, those are some reasons why this may be happening. But the fact is, there's about 10 times the amount of money in the Premier League in America than there was three years ago. Okay, think about that. In 2018, in March 2018, there was 10 times fewer money being bet. Okay, now just to let you know what that means. If there were, well, you guys know what that means. If there was a million dollars a weekend bet on the Premier League, it's now $10 million, right? It's crazy. That's, an, that's a huge increase in three years. And so it's a different market. What I, what, the first thing I struggled with when I was looking at market size in the Premier League when I first started doing this is incorporating the world dollars because how is the US market different than the European market? What makes it different? Are there, are there different, uh, ratings you know do they have some teams better over here and it is actually extremely different you know the european market is much everything or everything a lot of things in europe work or specifically the uk work how they do on betteredge.com you know there's a there's a trading platform called betfair which is very similar to, to better edge and they've been operating now for decades in the uk so the whole exchange thing not paying a vig is normal in the uk they're used to they're used to it so it's obviously a much different market. So it would do me no good to look at those numbers because the market simply works differently over here than it does in the UK. Well, if you look at the American Premier League market compared to the the England Premier League market, it is different. And when there's more money in America coming in on these teams, it affects the prices we can get. So be careful. I always say start off in smaller markets and I always use as an example hockey and soccer, but the way things are moving, the Premier League is quickly becoming a major market. And you know, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop betting it. I'm going to bet into it even harder because I know I'm already profitable in it. And for those who, you know, don't know or haven't followed the show for the last couple months, uh, I, I'm, I'm taking uh, some data science courses right now at the University of Denver. So, I'm learning how to kind of like write code and do all different kinds of things like that. So I'm entering and I'm venturing into major markets anyway. I'm starting to get more into NBA and hopefully NFL sooner or later, again, because of this knowledge and the skills I've acquired with with uh, computer programming and, and data science and learning to code and, and all that stuff. So 
I'm not going to stop betting Premier League anytime soon. And you guys keep tuning in because we're getting better and better in this sport. But it is becoming a major market. So for those wanting to get into this, wanting to, to dip their toe in, I would not recommend the Premier League. Uh, and, and that's something I probably would have done uh, last couple of years. All right, let's move on to the expansion of European soccer. So, or potential expansion. So it's been rumored the last couple of months that the best clubs in Europe should break away from their current leagues and make a super league, right? So for the Premier League, this would include teams like Manchester City, Liverpool, Manchester United, Chelsea, teams like that. Um, And obviously, I think rightly so, it has been met with wild skepticism, and I don't think it's the best idea. Now, you understand where some teams come from. The money could be amazing. You know, the sponsor money, the, the, the TV dollars, TV deals. If you had a, cl- or a, a league that only had the best teams in, let's say, the Premier League, right? Like, uh, who we just mentioned, you know, Chelsea, Man U, Man City, Liverpool, um, you know, they're at the top of the Premier League, but then they would take the top teams in, in Serie A and La Liga, and you'd get all these great teams. I mean, it would be a, a, a league of, uh, you know, Barcelona and Juventus and um, Real Madrid and, and Atletico Madrid and all these great European teams playing in the same league. So it sounds exciting, but like I said, I understand why it's met with skepticism. Um, so there was an article that came out and... Uh, the let's see here the european super league chief uh lars olsen by the way lars i mean is there a better more european name than lars uh lars olsen said on wednesday that any clubs considering doing this should be kicked out of their own league and i love this news coming from the top because it means it's very unlikely to happen so the clubs are now being de-incentivized to uh make this move to and it's not just making the move it's creating the momentum to make the move happen right any huge move in sports comes with some momentum before that move and they want to squash that momentum right now i don't blame them at all they are however talking about expanding the champions league to appease these teams a little bit more and i actually think that's a much better idea instead of coming up with these brand new leagues just expand the champions league as it currently is and for those who don't know the champions league is a league that contains the best teams in Europe. So it's kind of the same idea as a Super League, right? Um, it takes all the best teams who finish to the top of their individual leagues and makes a kind of a smaller uh, little league with all of those teams. Now, it used to be 32 teams, 32 clubs made the Champions League. They want to expand that from 32 to 36. And they want to get rid of the groups. So right now... There are multiple groups with four teams each. But what they want to do is change that so it's now one giant table. And everyone plays everyone else in 10 rotating matches. This would be good. This would create more fairness, I think. But the one downside is it it would create upwards of 100 more games per year. And that puts... That would wreak havoc on leagues like the Premier League because the Premier League has such a tight schedule right now as everything currently is 
adding 100 more games, which likely there would be a lot of Premier League teams in those 100 games, it's not logistically possible. So things are changing. There is an appetite and a desire to change things in the Premier League. It's just not going to happen anytime really, really soon. But just know the wheels are in motion. They want to change things. And the outlook, what what this entire league looks like or this, this region of the world looks like in terms of soccer could be changing very rapidly in the next couple of years. But uh, right now, they are threatening the team saying, hey, if they want to leave, kick them out of your, of your league. And I don't mind that at all. All right, moving on to our next topic. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. I think we all know who Ronaldo is. Probably the most famous athlete in the world, if not famous, most famous soccer player for sure. Uh, he is being rumored uh, to be leaving Juventus. And this isn't a huge surprise. Like a lot of other major teams out there, Juventus is struggling financially and uh, as a result could end up getting rid of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo by the end of the year. They don't necessarily want to. I mean, he's still producing. He's still doing well. But for his actual production level and what he's getting paid, it doesn't necessarily line up. So they're thinking of a couple landing spots for Cristiano Ronaldo. Who could afford him and who would be willing to take him in? There are three teams atop the list, one of which is in the Premier League. Manchester United is the team everyone's looking at in the Premier League for Ronaldo to land at. The other two teams, he would go back to Real Madrid or he would go to Paris Saint-Germain PSG, as a lot of you guys know that. So it's down to those three. Some are bringing up Inter-Miami, to which I kind of laughed at. Because if if Ronaldo came to an MLS team, I don't think it would be Inter-Miami. I mean, Inter-Miami does have some talent, but I think he would go to a more complete team where he could win. Maybe not. Maybe that's the case. He wants to just go to a big city and a growing team, kind of like Zlatan Ibrahimovic did when he came to the MLS. But I don't see that. I see it being either Man U, Real Madrid, or PSG. Now, let's just focus on the Premier League team, Manchester United, and why it would and would not work. Here's why it would work to bring him in. They have the money. For the first time in a long time, they have the talent, a lot of young talent surrounding that position. And I think that for years, all the spotlight has been on Liverpool, Manchester City. You know, Man U was the class of this league for for years, if not decades, and they've kind of lost that. So I think this signing would do a lot just to kind of bring the attention and the focus back to Man U. Uh, so, So there are some positives, and they certainly could afford it. But I actually don't think this would be a great move for Manchester United. And the reason is, I've seen this story play out before. And I'm not talking just about Ronaldo, right? Ronaldo is one of the best players in the world. But it's interesting. What you'll see happen very often, actually, is these star strikers who go into teams who command the ball, who command attention in the spotlight and they need to have it and they need to score. And it seems like every time they're getting it, they're just shooting These kind of players can do one of two things. They can greatly elevate a team or they can actually bring teams down. And in this case, the way Manchester United has been playing, the way Bruno Fernandes operates in that kind of false nine position and has been scoring so well, I think that would actually throw off what Man U has been doing so well this season. I mean, as a team, they're currently the single best offense in the Premier League. They're having no trouble finishing. If they were to bring in Ronaldo, that to me would suggest that's the last missing piece they need. The The club who brings Ronaldo in, they need to be one striker away from competing at the, at the highest level. 
that's not where Man U is. If anything, Manchester United needs a little help in the midfield, but not really. You know, they don't need the help up top. And, you know, we, we see this at, at Fulham and Everton and less and may, maybe not Leicester, but we see this all the time, you know, because Jamie Vardy doesn't really fit that bill with Leicester. But we see this all the time. When Charlison leaves for Everton, what does the market do? Oh, downgrade, downgrade, downgrade. When I say, no, that kind of a striker who commands the ball so much, Fulham is just as good without... Uh, or we're not, uh, Everton's just as good without Richarlison, you know, in that lineup. And you guys may say, what the hell are you talking about? Dominic Calvert-Lewin can't do it. He's great. I know he's a good player, but there's something about sacrificing team play for such a good individual. Doesn't work all the time for Richarlison and Everton. Look at Fulham. When Alexander Mitrovic comes in, the, the, the market upgrades him. When he goes out, the market downgrades. And I say, no. You know, you may not upgrade when he leaves the game, but certainly you don't want to downgrade that much. It's a, it's a wash. You know, these players have one thing in common. They command the ball. They're strikers that, that are so, you know, they, they need the spotlight. They need the ball. And I think they make their teams, it's a wash. They may make their teams a little bit worse, if anything, when they're on the pitch. And if you're if you think I'm saying Cristiano Ronaldo will make a team worse, and I sound like a moron for that, I understand how that may come across. But I really believe that you get a team playing so well, so cohesive like Man U, and you put in a player who honestly is a little selfish, demands a lot on the pitch. I don't think Ronaldo would help that team at all. So it would be exciting; they could afford it. But I don't think the way they're playing right now and the type of player he is that he would help them very much. Uh, but man, that would be exciting to see him in the Premier League. Right now, if I had to put some money on it, I'm going PSG. They've got a lot of money, and I don't think he's going to go try the whole Real Madrid experience or experiment again. All right, uh, a couple more things here. Uh, this last one, I just kind of came across this when I was looking at some Premier League news on Google. Uh, maybe I can find it. Give me just a second. If not, oh yeah, I took a screenshot of it. So it was a CBS Sports article that said... 2021 UEFA Champions League odds because uh, Liverpool plays Red Bull Leipzig today. And it says here on this article, CBSSports.com has a proven soccer model that reveals the the best bets for Liverpool at Red Bull Leipzig. Word to the wise. This is nothing more than a cautionary, you know, warning. CBS Sports, I promise you, does not have a proven soccer model. Okay. ESPN, Fox, NBC, these outlets do not have proven soccer models. As a matter of fact, I think that I could talk to some first-year computer scientists, maybe, maybe, maybe some like sixth graders who are learning how to code, and they could come up with a much, much better system than what they're trying to sell you on CBS Sports. And I think it'll probably take you to CBSSportsLine.com or something like that, or maybe the Action Network. Don't buy into this stuff. Do not do not fall into the trap of going to CBS Sports and trying to use their proven soccer model. Won't work. You're going to lose a lot of money. And the more sports betting becomes legal, the more it's popular and more people are doing it, the more pretenders and fake people out there will emerge. And it's not, I've said this before, it's not like I believe these people are all crooks or they're lying to you. I think here's what happens. People like sports, they enjoy sports betting, and they think they're better than they are. So then they start writing articles about it and telling the public about it. And that's what, that's how this really bad information gets out to the public and keeps getting out more and more and spreads. And it's just like, that's how I can go to a a website like cbssports.com 
or even a website like covers.com or oddshark and look at these articles and it's just horrible information. You know, we've come on here before because the New York Post or is it the New York Post? I believe uh, they, I think they, it's New York Post. It's one of those major New York ones. They always, it's not the Times. They always take articles from uh, VSIN, right? The Vegas Sports and Information Network. And it's like the guys who work at VSIN are putting bad information out there. You know, it's so hard to find good info today. I came across that. It's another good example to remind everyone, be careful where you get your info from. And last, before we uh, get out of here, let's just go over the current standings in the Premier League, uh, top of the table and bottom of the table as well. Top four looks like this. Man City still in first uh, by a hefty margin. They've got 65 points. Number two, Manchester United with 54. Number three, Leicester City with 53. That's going to be a great race for second place. Number four in the in the uh, league currently is Chelsea. Chelsea's got 50 points. And then West Ham is in fifth with 48. The team's chasing them. Remember, West Ham in fifth with 48 points. Number six, Everton, 46 points. Number seven, Tottenham, 45 points. Number eight, Liverpool, 43 points. Liverpool, five points back of West Ham with about 12 games to go this season. Bottom of the table, unchanged from last week. Last place is Sheffield United. Don't think that's going to change anytime soon. West Brom, 19th with 18 points. And here comes Fulham. They've been making a push currently, 26 points. They are tied in points with Brighton. And they've currently brought themselves, as I said, they're tied with the number 17 slot. So just to refresh quickly, the bottom three teams in the Premier League get relegated. So the number 17 team in the league is the last team to be saved. Well, right now, number 17 Brighton has 26 points. Number 18 Fulham has 26 points, only separated by goal differential. And Fulham is only one point behind Newcastle, who has 27, and only four points behind Burnley, who has 30. So the question becomes... How much of a chance does Fulham have to overtake Brighton or Newcastle or Burnley and salvage this season to stay in the Premier League? And I would put it right at about 15%. I don't think there's a very good chance. So this actually provides us with an opportunity. Keep your eyes peeled for this bet. Which team will be relegated? Because there's a very, very tight odds right now between Fulham, Brighton, and Newcastle. And I believe Brighton and Newcastle are the far better team compared to Fulham. So if you're looking at a futures market, look for two kinds of bets. One, who will be relegated? And I would take Fulham if it's even money with Brighton and Newcastle, Fulham to be relegated. Or there are bets out there who says that say who will not be relegated. And for those, I would choose Newcastle and Brighton uh, if you can find them even money around there with Fulham. So that's what the table looks like currently. There are some interesting races, and Fulham has had a great couple of weeks to pull themselves into a competitive place. I don't think Fulham has what it takes to actually battle out of the relegation zone, but they're doing a lot to put some pressure on Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley... But uh, I would take Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley, even Southampton, if you can find them good price on some futures markets. All right, whatever you guys have going on today, tonight, good luck. I know there's lots of hockey. We're wrapping up some college basketball tournaments. And uh, yeah, good luck with whatever you guys have. We will talk to you tomorrow morning on The Sharp Angle.